0: Praise the Lord. We have uh, uh, kind of on a little bit of a instruction of the Lord uh, through the midweek services. And, and I've been ministering on uh, our patriarchs of faith. And, and in fact, a key verse out of uh, 1 Corinthians 10. We'll go ahead and put that up. Just um, just kind of our, kind of a key verse. It just says this, and all, now all these things happen to them as examples. And of course, in context, talking about the children of Israel. And how uh, I many know that's not always good things, right? There's some things that happen that we learn, you know, not, not just on the good things that they do, but sometimes we learn what not to do. Amen. That's part of the example. In fact, some of this uh, listed right here in this chapter was dealing with some things that happen that we'd, we would rather not happen to us, praise God. Amen. And they were written for our admonition or our instruction or our teaching, right, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. In other words, everything that's happened them are all recorded, amen, so you and me can learn from it, glean from it. and So that's what we've been doing uh, since the beginning of the year, uh, taking a midweek service, at least my time with you. Uh, I've been talking about some patriarchs of faith. And we, we started with David, and we took several weeks and just ministered on David and about David's life, and uh, just kind of dove into that. And uh, I kind of felt like last week I kind of crammed, I think I felt like I force-fed fed everybody there at the end, so I apologize for that, but I felt like I just kind of crammed a bunch in. I kind of was looking at watching the clock thinking, do I have enough time to get this in? And I thought I did, and I kind of felt like I just kind of force fed everybody at the end there. So you have to kind of go back and kind of play it slow, (laughs) and hopefully you'll get more out of it. Amen. We talked about David as far as his praise for God and also about his, uh, really his pursuit, his passion to pursue God. Amen. And uh, so, and came out, a lot of it out of the Psalms and stuff. So, because uh, David was a man that, that praised God and pursued God. Amen. And uh, so, anyway, that was uh, some of the uh, uh, good things about David there, praise God. To- today, we're going to talk about a man named Abraham, which we're going to talk about. Take, I don't know, maybe maybe a couple, few weeks or something like that with this today. And we're going to go to Romans 4 is where I want to start. Romans 4. All right, so do you think you got an ear to hear? All right, Romans 4, and uh, let's go to verse, I, I, I told him back there, put uh, verses 11 and 12 up there. So in context, just for sake of time, I didn't go back and, and read multiple verses up here, but it is talking about Abraham at this time, and it says, and he received the sign of circumcision, Uh, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had while still uncircumcised. And that's, of course, the sign of the covenant there, uh, that he might be the father of all those who believe. Any believers in the house today? All right. So the scriptures are, uh, in this text especially, um, you know, talks about him being the father of our faith. All right. So the father of all those who believe, though they are uncircumcised, that the righteousness of might be imputed uh, to them also. Of course, there's a lot being said here, but uh, let's move on here. And the father of circumcision to those who are not only of the circumcision, but who also uh, walk in the steps of the faith, which our father Abraham had while still uncircumcised. So in other words, he's talking about here, there were certain uh, steps that he did, certain things that he did while he was yet still uncircumcised. Of course, later came uh, the, uh, the sign of the covenant, which was circumcision, uh, the shedding of blood. And uh, so that's that's what's kind of being said in here, the difference, uh, you know. But the bottom line is it talking about Father Abraham, a father of our faith, amen. In fact, I think like down in verse 16, I might even call him the father of our faith. Uh, I don't know if I gave that verse back there to him, but the father of, pardon me, the, it says also of those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of, of us all. Okay. That's, that's how it's worded. So, the father of us all. So, uh, Father Abraham, you know, we all heard the little song, you know, Father Abraham had many sons. Okay. Anyway. So, anyway. So, he's Father Abraham, uh, according to the, you know, the scripture. He's the father of our faith. All right. And the word faith, uh, the Greek word uh, pistis, uh, P-I-S-T-I-S is the, is the Greek word. And it just means uh, persuasion or conviction, reliance dependence trust um, assurance Uh, these are all synonyms of this word faith all right and so uh, what we have the reason he's called the father of our faith in fact the word uh, father i might have actually looked that one up Um, the word father means uh, a parent or ancestor forefather father image father figure or a predecessor okay Uh, so in a sense that's what he is for us is a predecessor in other words because he kind of led the way, kind of showed us how it's done. So that's why he's referred to as the Father, amen, one that led the way, showed us how to do it, amen. And then realize what it's saying here, that we can glean things off Abraham, amen. If you want to know how to walk by faith, well, that's a good place to start right there, amen. We have, we'll take a look at Abraham's life, Amen. And so uh, that's what I says. So the father of our faith. Amen. Now, if you back up in verse uh, 12 again, it says also walk, uh, but who also walk, talking about you or me, we walk, hallelujah, in the steps of our father, right? Or pardon me, steps of faith, right? Which our father Abraham had. So walking in steps of faith. So I just looked some of that up. Let's just do that for just sake of, uh, you know, as we dive into this today. The word to walk means to march in an orderly fashion. So when it's talking about walking, it's not just, you know, out for a a little stroll out there just doing whatever. It's talking about, obviously, in step, okay, keeping step. And literally it brings out, even in a militarily fashion, talking about keeping rank, staying in step. So it's talking about, obviously, following suit, following in step. Amen. In fact, the word step then means tracks, Okay, a step or tracks, but it means tracks left by another that can be seen and followed. Okay, so Abraham has left tracks, okay, that can be seen and followed, and then we're to walk in those steps. In other words, to march in orderly fashion. If we want to have a faith that works, because obviously Abraham had a faith that worked. Now, I mean, Abraham didn't do everything perfect. Had a few bumps along the way, a few hurdles here and there, but uh, but he he did get some things down, and he became a great example of faith. All right, and even went down in Hebrews eleven as a as a you know as a patriarch of faith. Praise God uh, by his faith, you know he accomplished things. So this this father Abraham, the father of our faith, left a track for us to see and follow. Amen. That we're to march in an orderly fashion. Amen. Follow suit. Take note. Amen. And walk that way. Amen. Because, uh, you know, if you find out the way to walk, it just makes sense. You know, that ought to be the way we walk. Right? I mean, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, when you start thinking about a track, you know, you think out, you know, you can get, you can go out there in the woods, you get lost pretty easy if you don't know where you're going. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes it's the same way in our walk in God if we're not uh, you know, keeping in track, you know, certain things. Pretty soon, next thing you know, you forget who you are. You forget where you're going. You forget what's what's happening and what needs to happen. You're, you forget how to press in and how to get results. And, I mean, there's all kinds of things that that press against you. And really, bottom line, just trying to get you off track. So what we're going to talk about over the next, I don't know, maybe a few weeks, like I said, we're going to talk about the, the steps of faith, so to speak, These steps uh, that Abraham took, all right, and so with that said, let's go back now to Genesis, if we can do that, okay? We'll probably jump around in Romans at, through the course of this uh, series, too. But uh, let's go now and, and kind of pull up the story of, uh, of Abraham. Are you doing okay? All right. Praise the Lord. Now, how many know we're supposed to walk, walk by faith, right? We live by faith. The word even says we run our race by faith. Amen. That... You know, we conduct life. We please God by faith. And we can go on and on and on and about the importance of faith, living by faith. You know, the just shall live by faith, praise God. And uh, we spent uh, quite a bit of last year uh, in our midweek services talking about faith, right? So I'm not necessarily going to go back and go into all that. But, uh, but this man, Abraham, was a good example of a man that, that walked by faith, okay? So let's uh, verse... Uh, Chapter 12, verse 1, and it said, Now the Lord had said to Abram, uh, get out of your country and from your family. Now now it says now. You notice it says now there? Now the Lord. So so something, uh, I tell you what, uh, man, I don't know if I gave you, did I give you some of the verses in chapter 11 there? Let's go up to, what was it, like verse 27 maybe? Let's jump into that for just a second. Maybe lay a little bit of groundwork here. Um 27 are you all there 1127 there it says this is the genealogy of uh, Terah okay which Terah is Abraham's dad okay Terah begot Abraham that was one of his sons Nahor was the other son and Haran all right was was another son and Haran then now this is so the brother of Abraham begot Lot that's where Lot you know, because it's letting you know where Lot comes into the picture. So Lot is Abraham's nephew. Clear? All right. So, and it said Haran died uh, before his father uh, Terah in his native land in, in Ur uh, of the Chal- Chaldeans or Chaldeans, however that's pronounced. But um, what you see, um, there's, this whole family took, uh, took a little bit of a, a trip, okay, from Ur They all headed up, okay, and they ended up in a city, okay. That whether it was uh, whether it was originally named that, or whether uh, Tura his dad named it, okay. That we're not totally sure. Uh, but Haran, back up to verse twenty. Haran died before his father Terah in his native land in the in Ur of the Chaldeans. Now, so from that, the reason I'm saying all that is because they all then left Ur. Okay. Then Abram and Nahor took wives. Uh, the name of Abraham's wife was Sarah. Sarai or I believe, is how it's uh, later is pronounced Sarah. Okay. And the name of uh, Nahor's Uh, Wife was Milcah, okay, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of Iscah. Okay, now I'm sure I butchered their names, okay. But Sarai uh, was barren, and she had no child. Okay, so that's Abraham's wife is barren. And Terah, okay, which is the dad, took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son uh, Abraham's wife, and they went out and went, pardon me, went out with them from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. Okay, so they're all heading. So now the point being is uh, I don't know. We're not totally sure uh, if if God called uh, Terah out or if it was just he had to get away from her. now, the point I'm trying to bring out is this okay uh, it was a it was a horrible situation. He lost a son. Nobody should ever have to bury their own kid. Come on, you know that as well as I do. We've all been around that, we've seen it. Um, we hopefully we'd never have to experience it and uh but the point is it was a bad situation, and uh, so I don't know if if it was just a thing that uh, Terah just knew and just need to leave or whether he was called by God to leave. Not totally sure on that, okay? But just hang on because there's a reason for all of this. Got it? All right. So he took them all, leaves, leaves, uh, uh, leaves for the land of Canaan, and it says, and they came to Haran and dwelt there, which Haran, remember now, is the same name as the son that died. Okay, so now it's the name of a town. So, so did they come to a place and, and obviously they settled there for quite a while. So we're not sure uh, really um, if, if they just settled in, a, in, a, in a, an area and then it basically became a memorial for the son that was lost. Okay. Uh, so the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Okay, so um, let's, uh, let's give some, some definition here. Um, Haran just literally means a mountaineer, so, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe he, he wanted his son to be a mountaineer. I don't know, so that's what he called him, uh, you know, man of the mountain, whatever. Um, Naor just means a snorer. So the one son, maybe he made a lot of noise after he was born. I don't You know, somebody says, well, what are you telling... Well, sometimes it means something. So maybe there's a message about snoring (laughs) coming up. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, Abram, of course, means uh, a high father or exalted father. Later on becomes uh, Abraham, which means a father of a great multitude. So the name was changed, right? But Terah means delay. means delay. Okay? So... They leave Ur, they head up, and they encamp they into a city. And actually, if you look at it, it's quite a distance because uh, they, they, they go from Ur all the way up into uh, where they camp for whatever it was, years, several years. And basically, um, he's there till he dies. And just a thought, but his name means delay. Okay? So... Um, you know, did he, did he get that far and can't get past the death of a son? They memorialize a city and uh, doesn't go any further. He just basically stays there till he dies. Hello? Are you still with me? Somebody says, well, does that mean anything? It probably does. Um, you know, um, a lot of times we go through things. And uh, sometimes we have things we just can't get past. Some people can't get past some things. Um, I mean, no, um, you know, this—it's not, it's not your pastor trying to be hard or anything, but sometimes you just got to get over it and you got to move on. Come on. Something that might have happened, it might have been a horrible thing. Uh, nobody's denying that. It may have been something that no person should have ever had to go through. But. You are a child of God first and foremost. You're not held by this world. The Word even says you're not even of it anymore. I mean, that's if you want, the day you get a revelation of that, it'll be a huge thing for you. But you're no longer even of this world, okay? So, you know, uh, a lot of times, um, you know, I'm, I'm mentioning, I'm, I'm painting probably the worst kind of picture right here uh, because of, of what... Um, Torah, um, or Terah, I guess that's how it's pronounced, uh, what he's gone through. Now, I believe that he probably was called by God to head to where he's heading to, but couldn't get past this thing. So basically, we memorialize a city or a community, okay, um, you know, or, or maybe the maybe by chance, It was a city named the same name as his son. He got to that place, and because of that, it hung him up, but he wouldn't leave there. Are you still with me? So it made a delay. So for years now, they're all hanging out right here at this city. Now, it's all types, all types and shadows. And so when you start looking at it with everything of what we're going to, see, the first thing that, that we have to understand is the first step that Abraham took was a step of obedience. Are you still with me? And a lot of times, if, we, if we're going to get hung up on everything, you ain't going to move forward. You're not going to take that step. I mean, God might be telling you right now, it's time for you to move forward in something, and you're not willing to do it because of whatever. Or God says it's time to make a transition. Come on. And uh, God's asking you, you know, maybe to deal with something in your life or whatever. Anybody with me? Okay, so, uh, you know, all of this um, to me is, is, is probably fairly critical because that's why verse 1 it says in, verse, in chapter 12, Now, so dad's died. Now the Lord had said to Abram. Get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. Amen. And I will bless those who bless you. I'll curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Still with me? Amen. So. He's calling him out of that area. you got to get out of this. you got to get away from that. Now, we all know that he brought Lot with him, and we're going to read it here in a minute, but he brought Lot with him. But now at least it makes a little more sense because Lot being the nephew of his deceased brother, they all went together up there, right? Come on. And dad, now grandpa's dead. Come on. So what do you do now with Lot? You know, maybe, you know, I don't believe Lot was just a little kid. Because it obviously Lot had his own herds and his own uh, you know, uh, shepherds and the whole nine yard. Uh, so he had his own crew, but, but uh, you know, maybe it was just the fact that, you know, this is all that we have left now, or this is, you know, this is all we have left of family. And so Abraham went ahead and still took Lot. Now, we all know Lot became trouble later. And we're not going to get into all that today, but, but uh, the point being is that. Abraham did leave, come on, the land. Did he do it exactly 100% the way God asked him to do it? I don't think so. But he did do something, right? And he did leave. He did move forward. And, you know, God got him to where he had to get to. All right? Still with me? Okay. Uh, He was supposed to leave his family. He obviously didn't. In another chapter here, uh, we see uh, Lot now has become an issue. Uh, him and his herdsmen, with, with Abraham and his herdsmen now, it, there's an issue. So they ended up having to split ways. Come on. They ended up having to split ways. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, Lot, his crew goes one way. Abraham, his crew went the other way. And then a little later, because of the direction that Lot went, okay, now Lot's in trouble. And, uh, you know, and here we go. And now he's got to go back, and Abraham has to go kind of bail him out. Come on, somebody. That's a real condensed version there, okay? <laughs> I know there's a whole lot more to it, and, and maybe we'll probably get to that here in another week or so. But, but the point being is um, when... Uh, It pays to follow God. Are you still with me? So get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you, all right? Um, Now, um, put uh, Hebrews uh, 11, um, is that right? Hebrews 11, verse 8, is that what I gave you? Um, This is him talking about in the Faith Hall of Fame, talking about Abraham, and, and by faith, now get this, by faith Abraham... Because this is later his name was changed to Abraham, obeyed when he was called to go out uh, to the place which he would receive as an inheritance, right? And he went out. So he did do something right. See, he went out not knowing where he was going. Now, he didn't know where he was going, but he knew what he was supposed to do. See, so he wasn't ignorant of. Of You know, he got an instruction of God, and he followed the instruction, even though he didn't totally know uh, the unknowns that were ahead. Is that right? So he goes down in in the hall of faith, you know, as a man that did something right. That's my point. Okay? Even though maybe there was a couple little tidbits in there we could have maybe... And we kind of slid on a little bit. Come on, somebody. But he obviously did something right because he did go. Okay? And so scriptures confirm uh, that he was a man of faith because he did go. Because he could have just hung out there in that city, too, and just stayed there, too, and raised his family right there or whatever, you know, done everything right there. But he followed. God said to go, so he went. Okay? So he went. Everybody say he went. All right. So that was a good thing, right? All right, um, let's see here. Go back to Hebrews, or probably Genesis, pardon me, Jack, to Genesis 12 again, okay, uh, verse 1. It says, uh, so get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you, and I will make you, make you a great nation, and I will bless you. Uh, in the lexicon, that word just means an empowerment. I'm going to empower you. There's going to be an empowerment if you do what I ask you to do, and, ma- and I will make your name great. Amen. I'm, I'm going to cause you to be successful and you shall be a blessing, right? So, in other words, your success isn't just for you, but your success is going to make a difference in the lives of others, right? And I will, now just keep all this stuff in mind because God is trying to lead you every day. See, that's, this is the point. We're not just, you know, reading about Abraham and going, oh, that was, that was sweet. And, and then we go, okay, and now I got something else I can file up there in the, in the memory bank about some things about Abraham. Now I know a little bit more about Abraham. I mean, that it's good to know more about Abraham because he's an example, so you've got you to take note of the example, okay? And we're, the idea of this is what you learn. See, every day God's trying to lead you. Um, uh, Matt, put uh, uh, Hebrews 12 and 25, put that one up there. Okay, how many know God's always trying to communicate with us, right? And it said this, is see that you do not refuse Him, reject, um, to shun. Uh, Let's see, I might have looked up more of that word. I'm trying to think if I looked that word up or not and put it down here. Um, It means, uh, yeah, here it is, to shun, to reject, to avoid, or excuse. Hang on to that, put that. See that you do not refuse him who speaks, all right? For if they, talking about the children of Israel, if they did not escape, in other words, all kinds of issues they dealt with, if they they did not escape, who refused, who rejected, shunned, made an excuse for it. Now listen, see, sometimes God's talking to you and and you just come up, you you have your excuse. Why? You don't have to do that. Why, you know, if you only knew God, what I'm dealing with, you wouldn't ask me to do that. No, he's asking you to do it because he knows that you have to deal with. Come on. See, a lot of people just, see, when trouble hits, they hunker down, they just stay there. Or they, uh, they, they quit or they give up or, uh, you know, they, they do what his dad did. Okay, they just bury themselves with Whatever. And pretty soon, one day, you know, one day you wake up, you're 50. You're 60. I'm not trying to depress anybody. I'm just, <laughs> that's not my point. I mean, really, one day you wake up and you're 70. Somebody says, whoa, now you're, you, you're 80. And, and, and then pretty soon, see, now that's another excuse because now I'm too old. Come on. See, when you were 40... Or 30, 20, right? Juan says he's, okay, Juan's in his 20s. So, you know, back then, see, whatever, you know, well, I got a life to live. Well, listen, if you want to, come on now, if you want a life to live that's worth living, it would pay to follow when he leads. Because the best life you have is a life, amen, of obedience and the results that come from obedience. The, you, couldn't, you couldn't ask for a better, you probably can't even come up. I mean, you could say, I could sit here and think up of a cool life and what it would be, and, and, and you probably will not even tap what God could do in your life if you just follow Him, right? Really. And I'm just saying, see, see they, they, wouldn't, they just wouldn't give heed when He asked them to do something or not do something. And they just did what they wanted to do because they all had a reason. They all had an excuse, Right? See, I mean, we, we can learn from, the, from this. You know, we can, we can shun it or we can bear it. We could get, we could, you know, where it talks about you can have itching ears. You know what itching ears, the reason it, it talks that, see, because something's being said, but you got itchy ears, you only hear what you want to hear. And if you ever, did, you know, just take your finger and do this as I'm talking and you're going to hear about every third word. Right? And you only hear what you want to hear. See, right now, some of you might already shut me off because I'm talking about obedience. Right? And not even realizing that, listen, this isn't bad. This is a good thing. See, God says, Abraham, I need you to go this direction. Now, it'd be better for you not to take the rest of your family. <laughs> and it was just a chapter later, you know, and, you know, and we got issues now. See? You see what I'm saying? Because I want you out of, you know. So anyway. Uh, But he did, obviously, Scripture says, he did went, he went, he went. So that was good. Amen. And from there, then, God could do some great things, right? Got through all the issues and then move forward, right? All right, so put that uh, Hebrews 12 up there again, brother. I know I didn't finish reading it. It says, uh, for they did not escape, in other words, all the issues they dealt with, who refused him, who spoke on earth much more. Listen, Listen, this is new covenant. Much more shall we not escape if we turn away, come on, refuse, shun, avoid, make excuse, Amen. I from him who speaks from heaven. In other words, God's always trying to communicate. And by the way, the word says you're his sheep. Come on, right? John 10 makes it real clear that you're his sheep. Come on, and you can hear. You can hear literally the voice of God. Amen. And earlier in the book of Hebrews, in chapter 3, it brings out real clear, he, uh, he who will ha- you know, have an ear to hear, talking about hearing what he says today. He's talking about today if you'll hear his voice. Today. So in other words, God, the idea is God wants to communicate daily with us. All right? And he says you can hear it. Now you might have to train your ear. You may have to, you may have to discipline yourself to, to stop long enough to hear but the word says, if you're his sheep, then you know his voice, you hear his voice, and you follow his voice. And if you do that, there's a lot of benefit of that. we'll get to the benefits. Praise the Lord. We'll end on a high note. How's that? That'd be good. Some of you are like, all of a sudden getting nervous. Like this is gonna be a long service. Amen. But uh, you just have to understand that this uh, there's a blessing to following God. All right. So let's uh, let's go back then to. Uh, uh, back to Genesis 12, all right? And then let's, uh, um, am I boring you tonight? All right. I guess it wouldn't matter. I'd keep going anyway. Uh, anyway, so uh, verse 4, all right? Um, the blessing, the curse, actually the word curse be back in verse 3. I just want to let this be known. That just uh, means to uh, uh, execrate is what the word is. It means, to separate from. Um, you know, so you're called uh, to bring a blessing, and he just talks about it's not that he's it's not that the 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 curse being dumped on somebody. What it means is is you're being if those that are going to try to bring evil to you, God separate will get you, keep you separated from that. That's what it's referring to, and that's a whole another sermon. I sometimes we you know if you don't stop and you define everything, then pretty soon you get you get a, you get wires crossed up here. And you're thinking God's out cursing people. Are you hearing me? So it's just just a little tidbit. I thought I'd throw that out there and make you chew on that one. See, because otherwise, when wires get crossed, when wires get crossed, then all of a sudden, when God starts talking to you about walking in the blessing and avoiding the curse, because there is a curse out there. Come on. There's curses everywhere. All right? It's out there. But what you want to do is come under the hoopah, the covering, And stay under the blessing. If you stay under the blessing, it automatically keeps you separate from. Are you getting this? So they got people trying to do evil to him. He'll keep keep them separate. Come on. I'll keep you covered, son. Are you still with me? Okay, that's what it's talking about. So anyway, all right, now back to four. I'm sorry. I had to. Sometimes you just got to stop and deal with it. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, amen, and Lot went with him. There you go. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran, okay? He was 75 at this time. And then a lot of times through this, he tells you how old he is so you can kind of start going back, how many years of this, how many years that, that kind of thing. But anyway, so then Abram took uh, Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his, uh, his brother's son, and all their possessions, so everybody, all everybody's possessions, and they had gathered, uh, that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, uh, and they departed to go uh, to the land of Canaan. Uh, so they uh, came to the land of Canaan. Now, by the way, Abraham, the Scriptures are real clear uh, that Abraham, in chapter 13, brings out that Abraham was very rich. Everybody say very rich. Very rich in livestock, in silver and in gold. Amen. Hallelujah. So, so this man, uh, just by following God, it makes a difference. Come on now, I'm just saying. All right, verse 6. Now, Abram passed through the land to the place of uh, Shechem, okay, and uh, as far as uh, the Terebinth tree in Moriah. Okay, so I don't know. Maybe there's just one tree out there. I don't know. But anyway, anyway, whatever. Okay, so, and the, you, ever, you ever, like, on a hill and you see one tree out there? It's like, it's obviously a landmark, right? You know what I'm talking <laughs> I remember growing up, you know, in, in high school football and and we had this hill. And coach would go, the hill. And uh, had to run the hill. But you had to take you run the fence line and you go, oh, and at the very, very, very top of the hill, there's a tree. That's your landmark. Touch it on your way by it before you come down or you're going back up to touch it again. So everybody knows, right? Yeah, better touch the tree, right? So we ran the hill and that's anyway. So I don't know, maybe this place there's just one lone tree out there. And it's just a good marker or whatever. So anyway, praise the Lord. So anyway, they, they went to, you know, past that tree, right? And the Canaanites were then in the land, then the Lord appeared to Abram and said uh, to your uh, descendants, I will uh, Look at this now, it's going to affect your descendants. Now at the At the moment, he really ain't got none. He's got a bunch of people with him. He's got, you know, he's got Lot and, and he's got his wife and he's got, you know, he's got obviously some herdsmen and obviously some people that came with him. So we know there's people with him, but we're yet to really know descendants, right? And I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord uh, who had appeared to him. I, I praise the Lord. He appeared to him. And he moved from there to the mountain east of Bethel. And he pitched his tent uh, with Bethel on the, on the west and at, on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called on the name of the Lord. And so Abram journeyed going on, uh, going on still uh, toward the south. Okay, It means southward or south country. Uh, But it means the southern district of Judah is where he's going. So so if you had the map, I I probably should have had some kind of map. But anyway, from Ur, they go up there to Haran, and then they come back down. Amen. So they're all heading south, and they're right at kind of the tip there before it goes into Egypt. And that's why the next thing is they go into Egypt, and there's a famine. Now, they think, oh, God, what? Why would you call us to a famine? Well, it could be, Abram, that you're there to make a difference. Just saying, okay, Now we don't, whatever. Uh, and that's a whole other sermon. But the bottom line is um, that's when you stop and you think about it, he goes down even though they get to an area there's famine. Come on, that doesn't stay that way and obviously he shifts and all this different place, and they end up in in an area that uh, obviously can uh, God takes care of them and everything. But the bottom line is, um, you know, um, uh, it doesn't matter what you've gone through. And it doesn't matter what you're coming to. The key is follow God. Okay? Because you might not know where... Come on, you don't know what's the unknowns, but God knows. And what we do know is God's leading. So if God's leading, now listen, I'm just going to throw this out. You know, good pastor's going to do this. If God's telling you to do something that don't line up with the book, you better step back and make sure you're hearing the right voice. It's just, I'm just throwing that out there, Okay sometimes some of the things that somebody says, you know, God told me to do this. And I'm thinking, well, may not. Come on. It's, just, it's always good to be discerning. Come on, right? And if you, you know, it doesn't hurt to communicate with people and say, hey, you know, this is what I'm feeling. What do you, you know, that's why the counsel sometimes is good, depending on where you're at in your walk. Come on. Come on. But I'm just saying that, throwing that out there. So, but the idea is to follow here and follow, hear and follow. Amen. God says stuff like, um, change your attitude. That's a direction. Well, He doesn't really mean that, because, I mean, you know, if if He knew what I got to deal with from day to day, He wouldn't ask me to deal with my attitude. He'd tell that other guy to straighten up. Well, He might be working on the other guy. That, there's no doubt about that. And maybe the other guy ain't hearing right now. <clears throat> it doesn't matter what we've come through, <laughs> and it doesn't matter where we're heading. doesn't matter what kind of things you've had to deal with, and it doesn't matter what it looks like at the moment here. Come on, right? Is anybody, are you catching this? Yeah. Because the i is we still do what Father's leading us to do. We do. And so there's times He's communicating and talking to us, and it looks like everything around, nobody else is getting the memo. Have you ever done, I mean, you know, you're thinking you're having to do this and deal with this and pray this and and adjust this and modify that, and pretty soon you think you're, you're the only one God's working on. Has anybody ever felt that? Now, just so throw, I throw, tell you this, you're not, okay? You're not the only one God's working on. But there are moments you, you feel like nobody else got the memo. So does that mean then that you think somebody else didn't get the memo, then that means that you're, you know, King's ex, right? You have an excuse. See what I'm saying? See how easy it is? God's talking to you about you, and because everything else isn't lining up like you want it to, you think you're excused from having to deal with you, and that's your excuse. So what happens is, now, we can't do anything with you because you're now delayed. See, do you know that even if nobody else gets it and you get it, God can still do something with you? That's, the, that's a cool promise. Yeah, we'll go see all those. Amen. So, anyway, these are the things that we can learn from it. Okay, so let's look at a few of the promises. You know. uh, Isaiah 1, this is a good one, right? Most, everybody you know, knows these verses, right? Isaiah 1 and 19, if we could put that up on the board. Isaiah 1, if you're willing and obedient, right? Did we lose it back there? So let me get to it here. I'll turn it. If you're willing and obedient... You'll eat the good of the land. Is that right? Isaiah 1. Do we not have it, brother? Isaiah 1 and number 19. Thank you, John. Hallelujah. If you are willing and obedient. Now, of course, that's, that's, there's two things there. So we probably should toss that in the mix. You know, it's one thing to be willing and not be willing or probably be obedient and not be willing. And there's some people that are willing but never actually follow through with it. So, I mean, you know what I mean? It it could be that. So you want to be both willing, amen, and obedient. It says, then you you shall eat the good of the land. In other words, you're going to eat the best the land has to offer. In other words, that's good days ahead if you're willing and obedient. So whatever God's talking to you about and leading you in, right? But, verse 20, got to throw that verse in there because that's just the opposite. See, if we refuse and we rebel... Uh, and, and and by the way uh, rebellion um, you know it 's a key word because you know you might you might not think you 're in rebellion but you just don 't want to do it and you know you think i 'm okay i 'm still cool no you 're in rebellion because you know what you should be doing and you refuse to not come on right you know and sometimes you think rebellion it just sounds like you're in rebellion, <gasps> right, right? And it kind of, you know, it is kind of like, <sighs> but we think, no, not me. I'm not in rebellion. I'm a nice guy, right? But you might be in passive rebellion, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, you, you, you just do it and smile while you're doing it. Oh, that'd preach. Anyway, all right. But if you refuse and rebel, what happens? You shall be devoured by the sword. In other words, it's a wide-open door for the enemy. That's what it brings out, okay? Uh, Let's look at another one. Uh, Let's look at, uh, what uh, what did I give you here, brother? Uh, Like Proverbs or something like that? Did I give you that one? Proverbs 1. Proverbs 1. I thought this was worth looking at. Let me just go to it then. Proverbs 1. Oh, you got it up there. Uh, whoever listens to me. I thought this would be a good one to throw in there. Uh, whoever listens to me will dwell safely, right, and will then be secure without fear of evil. So you could can, you can be secure and without fear of evil. All you got to do is just follow God. Listen and do what He asks you to do, right? In fact, the whole thing in, 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 in Proverbs 1 talks about the fear of God, the fear of the Lord, right? Do you know what the only thing that determines the fear of the Lord? If you study the fear of the Lord, what determines the fear of the Lord is not just that because you say you fear God. The fear of the Lord is you do what God asks you to do. That's what determines it. If you don't do what God asks you to do, then see, you've got no reverence toward God. You have no respect toward God. You don't trust Him enough. You don't believe in Him enough. Come on, somebody, to follow Him. You see what I'm saying? So that's why then if you'll go ahead and follow when he leads, then what you're doing is you're showing him that you have a reverence and a respect to what he says to you. Does that make sense? Right? You know, you can say you love mom all day long, but if you never do it, mom asks. I'm just saying. You're being ornery. Come on, right? Come on. and You know what I'm saying? It's, it, it, so what it is, it becomes a disrespect toward Mama. Now, hopefully, Mom's asking you to do the right thing, but she's probably just asking you know do the dishes or something, <laughs> right? And you don't want to do the dishes. Well, you can say, well, I love Mommy. Well, you're not respecting Mom right now because Mom asks you to make your bed or whatever. Or, come on, do the dishes. Whatever, you know. Mom doesn't always ask. Mom, might just say, come over and give me a kiss. She's I don't want you. Whatever. I mean, whatever. I'm just saying that, see, it becomes a, that becomes in a point of disrespect, right? Just because you won't do what Mama asked. See, now anybody standing around would look at that and go, that's disrespect. That's dishonor. So it's the same thing when you get now into the kingdom, talking about the Father's trying to lead you, guide you, direct you, and you refuse and reject. Come on. That becomes a dishonor, disrespect. Come on, right? Come on. And, and you may say, I love God, and 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 I'm, you know. Anybody hear me or am I am I, am I? I lose you already? Okay, but those that then listen and follow, right, will dwell safely. And this and this particular promise says you'll dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. And so that's why, you know, when you kind of think about uh, what it, it brought out there in, in Isaiah 1, you know, that if you, if you refuse and reject what he's saying, you open the door for the enemy. But if you want the enemy gone, if you want to be secure and without Fear of evil, then all you gotta do is just follow God, man. Just follow God. And God ain't never gonna ask you to do something you can't do. That's the cool thing about God. He ain't never gonna ask you to do something that you can't do. And now, get, granted, you know, there's some of us, we've been in this game a while. Come on, somebody. And, you know, when we started, it was, a, you know, maybe what he's asking now, you know, might seem a, a big, bigger step, but it's just because you've grown. Come on, from here. But as you're growing and, you know, it's just the same thing. It's the same principle. It doesn't matter if back here he says, put on blue socks. Here he just says, change your attitude. And over here, you know, he might say, I want you to pick up and move, right? Come on, right? There's, all I'm saying is that each. it doesn't matter what, where it is. It, wherever you're at, I guarantee you, you can do whatever he's asking you to do. Yeah. That's the point, Right? Okay, the book of Job. Here's a good one. Okay. The book of Job, chapter 36, verse 11. If they obey and serve Him, okay, what happens? Well, they'll spend their days in prosperity. Look how it affects you even in that area. In other words, you want to talk about a great 401K plan, right? This is it right here. You want to talk about a great investment well, just follow God. See, in this it says it talks about obeying and, and serving them. us follow through, serve Him, Amen. Do what He's asking here, and you'll spend your days in prosperity. And by the way, it's exactly what it means. Come on, you're going to prosper and succeed, and your years will be in pleasure. That's that's just a wonderful result. Now, verse you can't read verse eleven. without read verse twelve. But if they do not, right, so here's the other side of the coin. And, you know, a lot of times we, I don't want to read it. No, you can't read 11 without reading 12 because if you refuse to follow God, then, you, then see, here it is, the enemy, the wide, wide door open for the enemy. Uh, they shall perish by the sword and they shall die without knowledge. That's, that's miserable. Nobody That is not a refrigerator verse. That's not a verse you want to put on your, on your steering wheel or your rear view mirror, is it? No, but, but we all like 11. But eleven works when you work it, right? See the promise manifests when you follow through with it. You know the blessing is in the doing. James one brings that out real clear. The blessing's in the doing. Okay, and even faith without a corresponding action is dead. See all that. See it's it's in the doing. I can go multiple verses in, in the book of Luke where Jesus said, the blessing is in the doing. Your life's blessed because you did what was asked of you to do. Right? He even says in one spot, they, you know, uh, you know, they, the family members are showed up and he says, Well, who is my family? And they're like, Well, they're all standing outside. No, I call those who do. What I ask him to do, my family. So, I mean, even that, it's like you want to be called family, right? Come on. Well, then be a doer. Come on, right? I'm just, yeah, right? I mean, you know, it's just the blessings in the doing, all right? Uh, let's, let's look here. Let's look at, uh, put uh, 1 Samuel 15. No, 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 put Deuteronomy 28. I'm sorry, man. Deuteronomy 28. We got to do that one. It's like, if you don't do this one, it's it's like, this would be so wrong. Right? I mean, the blessing and the curse, right? It's all listed. And, um, if uh, you know, I recommend someday go back and read all through this. Um, the first, you know, basically, you know, 14 verses, I, I think it is. Um, it talks about, you know, the blessing. And uh, then from like verse 15 on to like, you know, like 66 verses or something you know, I don't, I don't remember how far it goes into it, but it lists the curse, and it's all this stuff: marital problems, financial problems, health problems, um, problems with your kids, problems with your business. We can go uh, problems with your crops, problems with your herds, pro- just issues after issues after issues. And nobody wants any of that, but it's all over the place. I mean, you can read through that and go. Oh, you see that here, and you see that there, and you see that here, because it's out there. It's all out there. But what we like is the blessing, right? Right? We want the blessing, right? Bless coming in, bless going out, blessed in the city, blessed in the country. Amen. that oh, we put our hands to, ha, prospers, right? Come on, right? Right? Debt's gone. Praise God, right? You're a lender, not a borrower. Praise the Lord, right? Right? Yeah. Head, not the tail, above only and not beneath. It's like, woo, 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 woo. We all like that. How many like that? Yeah. All seven of you. Let's try that one more time. How many like that? Yeah. I like being blessed, right? So verse 2, amen. Verse 2. All these blessings, all these blessings, all these blessings. Everybody say all of them. All, of them. all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. See, everybody says, well, because you did, you did the commandments. No, you obeyed the voice. Today. See, and that's why in Hebrews it brings out, today, if you will hear his voice. And listen, today, repeat himself: if you'll hear his voice. Today, if you'll hear his voice. So the key is to hear His voice on a day-to-day basis, right? Follow that, right? Listen, I, you know, I don't know where you're at in your walk, but, um, you know, I'm, I sit with the Lord every morning, and, um, and then off and on throughout the day, depending on what, what day, what's going on. If it's a service day, it might be a little bit more quiet time with me and Him, uh, with just the Word in front of me or something. But every morning, I have alone time with God. Okay. I don't say that as a boast. I just say that's what we should all be living. Now, the reason being, why? Well, because you're supposed to pray. Well, okay. Well, because you're supposed to intercede. Well, I guess that's, that could be part of it, right? I mean, when you really break it down, it really comes down to this, okay? It comes down to connecting so you can hear. Because even in your prayer time, in your area of intercession, and we can go on and on, your prayer of faith, your confession of faith, all the things that that can wrap around your prayer life should be led. Because it's more effective when you're led. So if God's leading there's certain things that it just may also he brings somebody to, to mind. Have you ever just been going along? And the Spirit of God just brings somebody up to your attention. See, he's not just saying, isn't that a wonderful person? It's probably more to, he's probably saying, this would be a good time for you to pray. Come on. Sometimes he might even tell you, give that person a call. Right? Go stop in. Whatever, right? I'm just saying. See, it it, it works when when you're hearing and then obeying it. Now, the reason I brought up my time with the Lord is that there ain't a hardly, I don't hardly remember a time anymore where I'm in prayer and I'm not getting something from the Lord about something or about myself or something to pray about or something to deal with. Come on, right? It's it just, it just nonstop. So then I, I wonder, how does anybody function without that? That's my thought. I'm not, you know, trying to put a heavy on anybody, but I'm just saying, you know, when you stop and you think about the blessing versus the curse, talk about staying under the hoopah, that place of blessing, well, how do you stay under that? Hearing, hearing the voice, and obeying the voice, right? That's what it is, because that's what He said, then the blessing then comes on you and overtakes you. Right? So he talks to you about, uh, he might talk to you about your walk, your attitude. He might talk to you about your health. He might talk to you about your family. He might talk to you about your marriage. He might talk to you about your finance. <gasps> oh, I knew he was going to mention that. Now, he might talk to you about all these things. And the idea is because I want to keep you under the blessing. Secure and free from evil. Amen. Your needs are met. Amen. You're increasing. Are you hearing me? And it all comes down to simple things that just following God. Amen. There are some things that if you just hear God, God will have you pray about things about your, your household that'll keep you from. The word says that he can deliver you from the snare of the fowler. Doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you have to fall in the pit and have to get a miracle to get out. It means you can avoid the pit because he steers you, and the whole thing is in context. In Psalms 91 it's dealing with a people that are coming under the the you know under God that divine connection with God and God now and and you are communicating you' uh, right you're under the shadow hallelujah you're, you're following God and what it is is you're steering clear of the devil's uh, you know little plots and schemes that he's trying to play, lay out for you I mean sometimes I wonder what the enemy you know when you're being led by God all of a sudden the spirit of God just says go around and you're thinking what did I just go around don't worry about it I got it Right, come on, right, and you just went around something, right, and the enemy's going, "Ah, I worked all day to get that planned out." How did he know? Well, he knows how, but right. But see, most people don't take any time, get any leading, so they just they just fall into the little pits, and now we got to have a miracle to get out of it, or we got all bunged up and boogered up. Come on, somebody, get back out of the the hole, right? All bruised up bleeding right come on right <laughs> and we're thinking you know man my day today devil whooped on me today and we want to and, and, you know, and we like it's a badge of courage or something now, wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute you didn't have to fall in that hole he <laughs> didn't have to get all bunged up come on now Come on, see, God's trying to get you around. But see, what happens is, you know, that that is like almost like you can see like that that blessing cloud just just kind of went around. Went over here. And back. Come on, got you back on the road. Amen. But we 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 didn't want to, you know, we didn't want to follow that. So we went straight ahead. And that, you know, come on now. Where does the cloud go? <laughs> yeah, does that do anything for you? Right? See, I mean the cloud went. Right? And so what happened? You stepped out from under that and now we're being slapped upside the head with the curse in some kind of mess. Come on, somebody. The enemy's having a heyday with you, you know. And see what happens is it, you don't know, see we just think, oh, that's just a little moment thing, not a big deal. It, it could be. See, these things could be. If if it keeps hang- I mean, if it keeps going on, pretty soon you're you're you're, you know, you're, you're done, you know, you're, you're backing up, you're being hesitant, you're insecure, you're, come on, all them little fears and things that try to creep in. So, so, I mean, there's just, there's just so much more at stake than to just say, you, you, okay, so I bunked my, my, my knee. Does anybody hear me? Yeah. I'm not, again, I'm not trying to put some heavy, I'm just saying that, you know, we just got to understand the importance of just day to day and the Spirit of God brings something to your attention, there's a reason he brings it to your attention. It could be just your, take a moment, just say, Lord, I take authority over that mess right now in the name of Jesus. I don't know what's going on, but I thank you right now. The blood of Jesus covers that mess. Praise God. Make that thing, turn that thing right, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. And what you just did, you just went around something. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's just simple things like that. And, uh, you know, praying for a loved one, praying for a, a coworker or, or a uh, Whatever, you know, praying for your church. Amen. Pray for your pastor. <laughs> right? I mean, you, you might be amazed at all the different things, the people that you work around, you know. It, it, it just, all of this is, you know, it, it just becomes pretty critical uh, of, 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 you know, of doing this. So anyway, the blessing is, is by following the voice. Let's see, let's do, um, oh, let's see, do I want to do that one? Um. Nah, I don't want to do that one. Well, I was just thinking of you know what he what he what uh, the prophet told uh, Saul. Remember King Saul? He messed up. He said, "Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice." He says, "You know, you're ah." Uh, uh, well, let's go there. All right. First Samuel. Put that up there. We might as well. I'll throw it in the mix because I because I, you know. It says, uh, has the Lord as great a delight? It, it, listen, in burnt offerings and sacrifice. Now, the whole thing in story, right? Remember, he was supposed to do something. He didn't do it. So he, he said, well, you know, I, I saved all this because I was going to offer it as unto the Lord. And the Lord, I don't care about your offering right now. <laughs> I just asked you to do something. Do it. If you had done this, now if you don't understand, okay, he's supposed to take out the Amalekites. Eliminate the Amalekites because of something they had done. Now, he didn't deal with the Amalekites. So the Amalekites, listen, that's the way these ites are. I'm telling you, the ites are that. The ites are always this way. If you don't deal with the ites, when God tells you to deal with the ites, the ites will deal with you. It, 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 just, it just crossed the board, I'm telling you. So God says, deal with the ites. Well, you know, right? He had an excuse, had a reason. So he shunned what God was saying. And God says, I don't care about all your little burnt offerings and sacrifices. I don't need all that. What I need is somebody to follow. See, you think that later on you're going to do all this and do this, and that's going to make it all better. He says, but you don't even understand what you messed up. Right. See, now that man that didn't do what he's supposed to do died by the hand of an Amalekite. Yep. And that same Amalekites become a nuisance even later yeah. with David. Yeah. Now, it's just a whole other sermon, but the bottom line is you don't deal with the theites, they deal with you, right? So, but it came down, see, it's, it's better to obey the voice. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, to, to give heed to what he says, right, than the fat of rams, verse 23. We'll go ahead and throw, it, throw that verse in there if you got it. For rebellion, there that darn word is again. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. I mean, good night. I mean, how many think witchcraft's probably bad? right? We all think, oh, it's witchcraft, <laughs> right? Well, he says rebellion is as sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. How many think idolatry? He's guilty of idolatry. Well, that's what stubbornness is, because you're bound to you instead of, well, God, you're doing what you want to do instead of, that's why all this, and because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. He lost his kingship because of it. Now, I'm just, you know, I wanted to end on a high note. (laughs) But, I mean, when when you see the importance of just, man, obeying the voice, when God just says, hey, 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 just leave it alone. Then what what do you think He wants you to do? Bingo. God says, this would be a good time to practice the ministry of silence. Guess what you should probably be practicing? But I've got things to say, and I need to get this off my chest. Well, He might think, you know, that's the problem right now. Right? So, it's amazing, the little things. And so I believe that whatever God's talking to you about, I believe you can do it, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, don't expect that he's going to tell you to go to Timbuktu. That's probably not what he's going to ask you to do. He may be just telling you, you know, uh, take, spend a little more time, quiet time with me. That might be what he's asking. He may say, uh, open your Bible to such and such, right, and meditate on this today. You know, there might be whatever. So anyway, did you get some today? Yes. Woo, got through that one, huh? Yes. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Well, praise God. Give the Lord a praise, somebody. Yes. Why don't you all stand up? And You know, I, uh, <laughs> have you ever, like, taken the time just to go through, like, the Gospels, for instance, you know, or something, and just the things that Jesus asked certain people to do, you know, and it was always simple things, you know. You know, like, you know, take up your bed and walk. Just Well, then do it, you know. Uh, Right? You know, Uh, go wash in in the pool, Shalom. Okay, well, of course, he smeared mud in that guy's eye. But he he said, now take that and go wash that off in this particular pool. Well, was that that complicated? Well, well, there's another pool closer. No, go to that pool. Somebody said, well, why? I, I, I don't know. But that's what he asked, right? You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's just we, we can go through all kinds of things that God asked. You know, He told Joshua, you know, march around the city one time today, do it again tomorrow, and do it for the next you know several days, and then on the seventh day you're going to march around that city seven times and shout a shout of victory, and that's all you have to do. You don't have to even raise your hand to do anything. Come on, I mean, even that, you know, you you no, let's just charge the gates, right? No, I don't want you to do that. I want you, you know what I'm saying? There are times he said, the battle's mine, not yours. Just go on out, and he said, I'm going to take care of it. Now, he didn't say it all the time, because sometimes he said, go out and do battle. And anyway, so I've just, you know, a lot of these things, just different examples of the things that God talks to us, and it's usually, most of the time, it's just simple things, you know. I remember one time with the, the person with the, with the withered hand, right? He told him, come here. Huh? Come here. Come here. So what did the guy do? Get up, come over to him, stood by him. He's got a withered hand. Of course, Jesus is ministering to the Pharisees about some things. Then he just turned to him and said, stretch out your hand. When he did, his hand was restored. But he, all he had to do is do a simple thing. Get off his seat and come on over here. Stand right here. And then a few, you know, a minute later, he said, now stretch out your hand. Now I'm just saying, so sometimes it's just little simple things. But it creates a great miracle and maybe, maybe turns the whole household around, yeah. turns your finance around, your health around. All of a sudden, man, you're stepping into the blessing in some area of your life that just changes it forever, praise God. Amen? Amen. Father, we give praise and glory. Thank you for the word today. Thank you for these principles. Thank you for an obedient people. Thank you, Lord, that Abraham was an example of a man that took a step of obedience. Praise God. Hallelujah. And, Lord, I thank you as an example we can follow. And for that, we give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. God's good. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.